I'm liking DJ going into this. I'm going to go off out on a limb here. Super hot take. And I think people are going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? But I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and say that Patrick Reed is going to win. What's going on, everybody? This is Travis with PGA Memes. I'm joined by my boy, Ryan, Coach Rusty. And we're back here with Shane Caffin's podcast. We made it to episode two. Huge milestone. So I'm pumped. What's going on, Ryan? What's going on, Trav? Episode two. It is a big milestone. You know, I... I wasn't I wasn't sure if we we're gonna make it through the first week, but we did. We're here. We're back, and we've got some some new statistics for you guys on where we stand in the rankings of podcasts. Lay it on them, Travis. Let them know yeah, where man. we're at. We, uh, we cracked the top ten in the United States, which was exciting. Um, we have some big goals there, but we were surprised. We actually were at the very top of the rankings in Russia. Uh, we have some big fans in Russia, so I'm I'm thrilled, man. And I want to just give all the love and uh, kudos. To our fans in Russia, we love you, and we hope you're tuning in today. I mean, this is amazing. <laughs> Unbelievable statistic. Number one in Russia. Never thought that I'd be able to say I was number one in Russia at anything. So, uh, yeah, it's right. huge. <laughs> I might make little trophies that we can put on our uh, desks or something like that. Can we so. get some Can we get some vodka, little toast for our yeah, comrades? <laughs> well, it's been a cool week. Um, busy, as always, but I got to play a little G this week and went out and played Dallas Country Club, which is an awesome course, and actually broke into the 70s for the first time in a while. I shot 78, and I've been playing like like shit lately, to be honest. I went out to LA and played Trump National, and I honestly kind of kept keeping score. It was that bad. Um, tight fairways, couldn't find a fairway, um, made no birdies, made some big numbers. So it was good to, to actually shoot a good round finally. So got to get back out there to Orlando and play the Ritz with you. Yeah, definitely, man. Golf's good here right now. The weather's amazing. We actually had a little bit of a chilly day uh, yesterday and today. Um, but other than that, it's been nice. I haven't been able to play so much. I've been a little busy moving out of uh, my little high rise downtown, the bachelor pad and moving into the girlfriend's house. So just getting oh. domesticated, you know, getting, getting used to that life. And uh, I got, I gotta say there's, there's been some perks so far. I'm doing a lot less laundry, doing a lot less dishes, taking the trash out a lot more frequently, but uh, you know, nice. we've got a nice little studio for the pod. I'm getting, I'm getting dialed in. Nice coaches all grown up. We love it. This is exciting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, nevertheless, the move aside, we have a lot going on this week. We've got a lot to talk about this show. First, we're going to dive into, of course, our first tea segment. We are going to recap the Honda Classic. A lot of action going on there this week. Uh, Kind of an underdog coming out on top. We got Matt Jones, his first victory since 2014, I believe, at the uh, Shell Houston Open. He had an amazing uh, playoff victory there. Uh, against Matt Kuchar and uh, you know not not the not the star-studded leaderboard that we were used to this week at the uh, Honda Classic I mean obviously we do have a very difficult golf course but what what are your thoughts there Trav um, on the underdog coming out on top and how did the uh, how did uh, how do you think the players fared against the uh, old bear trap yeah I mean they didn't fare very well I mean there was tons of balls in the water I think I saw a post today that there were no birdies on was it 16 or something like that? I don't know if it was for like all the entire third round or, or whatever that was, but I mean, the course plays extremely tough. We saw Luke Donald throw up, I think um, an 11 on one of the holes, I think is what it was. And he was able to poke fun at himself, but yeah, you see some of these names at the top of the leaderboard. It wasn't like what we're familiar with. I think with the Honda classic where traditionally we've seen some big names win that tournament. Um, 
And this year, I mean, I tune in on the PGA tour app all the time, just to kind of gauge where everybody's at. I have my favorites that I like to follow and some of the players that I like to see uh, play well. And none of them were really up there. We had a lot of people kind of hovering around the cut line and you, uh, you know, Ricky finally, you know, made a cut and played bad over the weekend. Uh, you had Lee Westwood missed the cut after playing really well the last few weeks and you just had a lot of guys just not not play well, you know. So hats off to Matt Jones and, you know, Wise and some of these other guys that were right there at the top played really, really well golf. Um, but, yeah, it just was kind of a snooze fest to me. I, I just – I was hoping to see a little more out of that tournament because the closing stretch is just so challenging. And if you have some big names up there and it's a tight leaderboard, anything can happen through the bear trap, which we're going to get into later and talk about. But yeah, I wasn't too pumped about it, to be quite honest with you. I just tuned in on social media and on the app every now and then and just kind of went on with my life. Yeah, I got to agree. I mean, typically those, uh, that final stretch is where the, the tournament is decided. And, um, you know, one, not having that star-studded leaderboard and two, not having anything, you know, kind of pressing towards the end of the tournament that did take a lot away from it for me. I mean, you know, last week, this was our first episode together for the Players' Championship, and we had a lot to talk about. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch a lot of that. This week, I had a lot of time to watch the Honda Classic, and, you know, I kept hoping that someone would sneak up in their leaderboard, somebody that, you know, has some star power, because that's obviously what brings, um, you know, viewers to, to the tournaments and, and to our game yeah. but then I also hoped that if that wasn't going to happen it would be a little bit tighter but Matt Jones just just, just laid it, it laid it down on him and you know I mean he's, he's a 40 year old guy you know he like I said we, he hasn't won in seven years and uh, he was able to just kind of go out there and dominate so I mean that's that's great to see you love that but you know not having that star studded leaderboard did take a little bit away from it and um you know, I, I wish we had a little bit more to touch on, but other than that, it was just another another tough round of golf in Florida. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this tournament always has something like special to me because I've, I got to play a lot of great courses, you know, since this time. But this was the first real like PGA Tour championship course that I got to play once I like started taking golf seriously. Uh, my company went down to Florida and we held this retreat with like 40 guys and a few of us got to play the course Monday after the tournament. So the rough was still up. They were playing Sunday pens and we all had caddies. It was like one of the first times I got to like walk a course with caddies. So I felt like I was a badass and, you know, was dressed to the nine. I had like pants on and I was just like, I think I was rocking a white belt. You know, I felt like a million bucks. And, you know, I remember getting the first tee and I think the first hole is a really short par four. And I'm, I'm not a long hitter by any means, but the guy's like, you know, hit a hybrid or a three wood off this tee. And, you'll be good. Or, you know, they were even talking some of the other guys into hitting like a, you know, six iron or something off the tee just to make sure you hit the fairway. And I just, you know, I'm just sitting there like, well, man, I want to hit it down there. If I can hit it like, you know, 240, 250, I'm only going to have like 60 yards in on the screen and, you know, have a chance to make par or birdie on the first hole. Let's go. And the guy's just like, listen, if you end up in that rough right there to the left, like you're screwed. And the hole's like right. wide open. And I just couldn't comprehend like really what he was trying to tell me. And of course, like you just, you know, you go against your caddy. You feel like you're capable of doing something that they don't <laughs> believe in you, you know? Yeah. And so I, I hit the fairway. It takes a firm bounce right into the rough, like maybe two feet. Okay. And he grimaces and he's like, oh man, that's going to be tough. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, I missed the fairway by like two feet. And uh, sure enough, it took us a while to find the ball. And when we do, it's buried down there. 
and this rough right. is juicy. And he's like, I'm like 70 out. And he's like, dude, just take a 60 degree and hack it into the fairway. And let's just try to salvage like a, a bogey. You know, I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, give me, you know, my 54 or, you know, 52 and I'll, I'll try to get it on the green and let's try to make a, a par, you know? And he's like fighting with me, but finally I think he just wanted me to like do it myself and, and take really your figure medicine. it out. Right. Take my medicine. Right. So I, I don't remember exactly what club I hit, but I felt like I almost broke my arm. Like, I mean, <laughs> my, the club face just grabbed into the grass and it just hurt so bad. The ball went like 20 feet. Luckily it dribbled into the short grass. I couldn't even believe it. And I just, at that moment is when I grew a true appreciation for PGA tour players. Cause you always hear them on TV talk about like, or the commentators talk about like, Hey, they just missed the fairway. Oh, what an unfortunate break or yada, yada, yada. And you're, and you see the ball it's sitting up and you're kind of like, well, I play from the rough all the time in the weekend rounds with my friends and it's not that bad, you know? And right. I just, I don't know, man, I just grew this huge appreciation for the tour players when they muscle it out of the rough and you just really see how hard it is, especially there in Florida. And it's tough. And this course is super tough. So anyone that plays like Matt did this week, I mean, hats off to this guy. Yeah, absolutely. I've had the pleasure of playing it twice. I played it once mid-season, then I played it um, once right before the tournament. Uh, Josh, hole one trick shots, and Tanya Ture and I filmed a little trick shot commercial for Honda right before the tournament, and then afterwards we got to play in tournament conditions. And the course is diabolical, man. I, I've played it twice in both times. I just have to say that for an average golfer, I know that you may want to go play this course, but other than the, the nostalgic purposes of going to play, I just truly think it's, it's unenjoyable. Um, you know, even if I'm on my game, I, I, you, you just have to place it perfectly in the fairway. That rough there is so terrible. It's always so windy. Another reason I really hated it, like, because, because it was so windy, not because that would affect my ball flight, but because, like, at the time I was also a bigger boy and my, the wind would bl be blowing my shirt up against my belly all the time. <laughs> Was it wasn't like, really good for the camera huh? it was just not flattering for camera like you can go back and watch that honda commercial and there were several scenes where i just looked very awkward and uncomfortable because i'm trying to adjust my shirt off of my belly <laughs> that's <laughs> that, hilarious that, that, that course is what inspired me to lose fucking weight i'm not lying yeah. right oh here you it, it is terrible so it's it rough even the pros I, so when i got the chance to go out to vegas and play with kevin Na at so high um, it was the week of the Honda last year and I'm like, Oh, so you don't go down and play the Honda very often. Or like, why'd you take this week off? He's like, Oh yeah, I never play. It's that course is way too hard. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, he's a pro who's won, I think like five times on tour. And he's like, no, that course is way too hard. I don't want to play it. You know, it's just, right. uh, yeah. If you want to go and get your ass beat on the golf course and make you feel unflattered about your uh, body physique and shape. Like coach was just saying, you don't want to go to, you don't want to go to PGA <laughs> national. <laughs> I came but, off that course feeling like a piece of shit. Let me tell you. Yeah. Well, so I also want to touch on Ian Poulter. So if you follow Ian Poulter, you saw that he had a little bit of a rant on his page as always, he always finds something to complain about. And he was complaining about pitch marks uh, at his club in Florida. And I mean, if you watch the video, he has a series of stories where he's going through the green there had to on that green that he was on. I mean, there literally had to have been 25 pitch marks that weren't <laughs> fixed. Right. I mean, and that course is obviously very, very high end. And I was, I was pretty shocked to see probably embarrassing for that club to have that broadcasted all over the internet. But, um, 
Yeah. I mean, I, it's clear Ian, you know, like he always likes to get on and do his rants, which I think are funny. Um, but he proceeds to try to pit, fix a pitch mark and does it wrong himself. So I'm not much of a, a pitch mark guy myself. I never hit greens. I'm usually off the green by 50 yards or something like that. But Ryan, you can kind of give your take on, on Ian's video. Yeah. Yeah. So he posted these stories last week or so. Uh, I think it was after the players and like you said at Lake yeah. Nona Country Club which isn't too far from where I'm a member of the Ritz Carlton and, and there we 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 see a lot of the same things you know resort guests uh, coming out there and playing and not fixing pitch, pitch marks and we have these beautiful facilities and obviously you do want to take care of them and I appreciate what Ian was doing it was kind of a good PSA about fixing your pitch marks taking care of your golf courses but he starts continuing a little bit further than I think Ian Poulter should have continued and showed himself actually <laughs> repairing a pitch mark. And if anyone knows how to properly repair a pitch mark, it is to stick the pitch tool in and then push forward kind of in a forward motion. You don't want to lift back, pull backwards and lift and uproot the grass, right? That's what we've all been taught. And so Ian gets roasted by all of his followers, right? Saying, mm -hmm. oh, you know, everyone's telling me I don't know how to fix a fucking pitch mark, blah, blah, blah. Well, here, <laughs> let me let me give you a tip and let me show you there's two ways you can do it. He's like, obviously, there's some pitch marks where you want to push in but then there's some where you need to flip up bullshit dude you, you push you can push them all in there's there's one way to do it in my opinion and i don't ever think that you should be pulling and lifting and uprooting the grass so yeah. it was kind of a, it was kind of a funny moment and it was also kind of funny to see him like try to cover up his tracks and like show that there's oh, yeah. this other methodical way that you can do it i mean god bless Ian Poulter. he's doing a lot for the game and it's great to see him being active on social media so i hope this if he sees it doesn't discourage him from doing so but you know <laughs> mr polter learn how to yeah. uh fix those pitch marks properly nothing's gonna stop Ian. don't worry about that so no yeah, i thought it was no funny one. i mean he always has these rants and just will always go on and on about stuff but usually it's like unrelated to golf you know it's like something was supposed to be shipped to his house it didn't make it the customer service was terrible so he just goes off but it was funny to see him out on the course embarrassing probably for you know lake nona but it is what it is so um but yeah i yep. mean so I want to, last thing I want to talk about here on this first tee segment is Tiger uh, partners with 2K Sports. Um, big news. It was all over the internet this week. Um, you know, it's good to see Tiger being talked about something other than the car accident. But I know you're a big gamer, so I want to get your take on this and just kind of see how excited you are to see Tiger get back into the video game space. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have uh... – a 50 50 thought on this. I, I, so, so tiger is partnering with 2k sports and 2k sports just recently took over uh, a game that was called the golf club um, that was designed by a company called HB studios. And when the golf club came out, it was like the first new golf game uh, since the Rory McElroy golf game. Right. And so now you've got this whole new like user interface and all these new graphics and the, and, and, and the game is just different. It's not what you're used to playing. You know, those old tiger games or Rory, it's totally different. And it's, it's actually, when it comes to playing the game, your, your scores are going to be a lot more realistic. It, it, it is very difficult. And I, I appreciate that aspect of the game. But the graphics are trash. There's a lot of glitches. You can't 
drop a ball properly when you go in the hazard. It's all it's it, it's for lack of a better term, it's all fucked up. It's it's not great. <laughs> it, it, it's so bad. Got a you, lot of you, work to be done. Yeah, and and when you go play, you can't play as Tiger or any of the tour pros for that matter. Instead, you play as your own character, and then as you're playing a tournament in the career mode, you'll be playing, you'll hit a shot, and then all of a sudden it cuts to this like cutaway of like. Ricky Fowler or Justin Thomas hitting an approach shot. And you're like, cool. But like, that was just like 30 extra seconds of bullshit in between me hitting my shot. Like they don't even have pace of play down on fucking video games. They made pace of play like a fucking problem. So yeah. it, 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 it's not a great game and there's so many improvements. So now Tiger's partnering with 2K Sports and 2K Sports is partnered with HB Studio. So these are the same people that are going to be making this game. So I'm really interested to see you know, what improvements are going to be made. I, I'm really interested to maybe, I wish I could like pick Tiger's brain on like the game itself, if he's played it already, whether he's played the the current 2K version um, sure. of, of what's the golf club. And I, I'm sure it wouldn't be great. I mean, Tiger's games in 2008 were better than this game in, term, in, in terms of graphics. They were actually the same. We have these beautiful new consoles, Xbox One, PS5, and and it's like the, the HP Studios isn't taking advantage of it. So I'm either yeah. expecting it to be a flop or I'm expecting it to just be a full 360 or full 180 and, and be amazing. So, I mean, I hope for the best for sure. Yeah, I mean, so for the latter, I mean, Tiger generally wouldn't put his name on something if I don't think he had um, a big belief in it. And obviously, you know, I think he's a gamer himself that he's going to want to see the game you know, be, be great. Right. Um, I mean, for me, I'm not a game. I haven't played video games in so long. I actually got one of those golden T goes, uh, given to me <laughs> for my, for my last events. And like, so when you say realistic scores, that's disappointing to me because when I play golden T go at home, I'm like shooting 17 under and I feel so good about myself, uh, make a couple Eagles, a hole in one here and there. Right. And I just, you know, that's my game. I love that, but I'm going to give this a try. I mean, for me, I think this is what tiger does It's the tiger effect for people who don't have, consoles or don't play games very often or whatever and they see tiger's name affixed you know, tied to something they're gonna go ahead and buy it you know they're gonna try it out yeah and so that's me I mean, i'll be one of those people i'm sure so i'm interested to see what all that looks like yeah i mean i think you should as long as they can um step the graphics up and take advantage of what the new gaming consoles uh, capabilities are and if they can um, iron out some of the glitches and maybe let you play as tiger woods because that's what everyone wants to do Right. And the game will be a hit. I mean, I think those are the the few things that uh, they need to do, and and it, it's totally feasible. And you know, hopefully they uh, they conquer. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump over to the buy or sell segment. My favorite sell. segment. Let's go. We always have fun with buy or sell, so we're gonna jump right back in to PGA National. And so let's start with this first one here. Buy or sell? The bear trap is the toughest three hole stretch in golf. Okay, I think that I'm gonna sell. I okay. think that I think that strictly because of conditions at that golf course, it could be. But I I think you could argue that the final three holes at the Players Championship could be more difficult. Personally, just because I've played both courses, I I know that. TBC Sawgrass has played harder for me on that final stretch, especially because you have the pressure of 17 and you want to play well on that hole. And then after you maybe make a par on 17, you step up to this daunting tee shot with water. Water's more visible than fairway. 
and I, I think that it, I think that it could play a little bit more difficult. Um, that's just my opinion. And I, I know that some might agree with me on there, but uh, on the, on that opinion, but I think I'm going to have to sell. I mean, yes, the bear trap's tough, but for me, I think it's, uh, I don't think it's uh, at the top. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and buy. And because I, so I've played it three times and it was all in that week span. I haven't been back since. And two of the rounds were perfect weather, no wind. And I stayed dry on the par three, uh, both those rounds. And the par four that's in between those, um, I found more challenging for me. Uh, if you hit it too left and you got a huge shot over water, um, not a lot of space there to, to make a mistake. And, but those, those rounds I saw it play pretty easy. And then the last time I played it was really windy and I was wet on all the holes, but the, the last part three and put up big numbers, but just seeing like these guys out there putting up massive numbers, the conditions are usually consistent, consistently windy. And it's just surprising to see these guys who can hit shots from 175 in just consistently perfect right there on the green. I mean, these are pretty decent sized greens too. They're not small little, little greens. And uh, I, it's tough, man. The wind just makes it a huge factor, but I'm right there with you. The players, like as I was thinking of uh, three hole stretches at other courses, I've never played sawgrass, but I just have to think that I'd be shitting my pants standing on the tee box on 18. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, 17 itself, like, I know like for you, like when you went there the first time, if you haven't followed coach for a while. So when he went down to sawgrass the first time, I remember just like following it. I mean, him and I weren't as close as we are now back then too. And I'm like following it. He was just psyching himself out. I mean, he was talking was. about it like days leading up to this thing, going Instagram live, like on the course. And sure enough, he goes live and I'm like tuning in. Cause I'm like, okay, I've got to see what this fucking guy does on 17. Cause he's been talking about it all week. And sure enough, dude, just goes right into the water. Like talked himself into it, right? <laughs> Sorry right, to bring it I, up, but I mean, can I tell the story at least? Like, yeah, of course, okay. please do, please okay. do. So, okay, so I'm going to play TBC, TBC Sawgrass for the first time. When I arrive there, I, my game is is I'm kind of in a slump. All right, I, I'm not hitting the driver well. My irons are okay. My wedges, which are normally so dialed in, are not. And, you know, I, the first thing I do when I get to the range, they have this like Island green built on the range kind of, and I set myself up from like the distance that we're going to be playing that day. And I'm hitting shots. I'm like, Oh yeah, fuck. Yeah. Like we're good. We're good. I'm dialed. And so we get halfway through the round. I'm terribly over par. This golf course is way more difficult than I ever expected. And then we get, we keep getting closer and closer to 17. And at this point I'm just like, fuck my round. I'm just, only ex excited to play 17 like that's it and so we get there uh we get to 16 uh i put one in the water on 16 but then i hit an amazing like drop third onto the green and then i two putt make par whatever and um you know you have this like kind of long drive from the 16 green over to 17 tee box and the, 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 the greens on your right side, the Island green, and you're just kind of watching it the whole fucking way over. And you're just like, Oh <laughs> shit, here we go. And this suspense just really builds. I mean, your first time seeing it and you're like in a round of golf, it, it just really builds. And then the guy that I'm playing with, he's like, dude, you should go live. 
And I was like, I don't know if I want to go live. I don't, I don't think I want to go live. I think I just want to play it for me. We'll film a story and we'll post it. And he's like, no, dude, go live. And then like, there were some followers of mine behind us and they're like, go live, go live. And so sure enough, I go live and I've never <laughs> been so scared over a golf ball in my entire life. I've got a, uh, I, we were playing kind of up, like they didn't have the tee, tees that far back either. And I had a, uh, I think I had a pitch and wedge in hand and it, it went in the water first one. And it, and it, it just kind of gutted me. And, um, no, I had 52 degree, I had 52 degree, went in the water. And then I kind of had hit it a little bit fat. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hit the same club, go again, hit it pretty good. Second one. And I was eyeing it down. I was like, this is so good. This is so good. Still wet. And you know, to do that live and, you know, even if it wasn't live, to put two in the drink your first time there, it's just so gut-wrenching. And But having been live doing it, it definitely hurt. But um, I'm happy to <laughs> announce that my, my second round when I went back there, I played much better. And then uh, I ended up actually lipping up my 20-foot birdie putt and then just say two-inch tap-in for par. There you and go. then they, they give you this little bag tag and you stamp your score on the island and it was it was good. So, you know, but like I said, it's 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 a super hard stretch. That par five's not easy. And then uh, you know, going into 17, the 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 it's just it's 17, it's sawgrass, brother. I mean that the energy you get there, it's it's so different than the bear trap. And, yeah. and you know, if you're talking about being on tour, and they also have a brand new green. Uh, they they redid that green on 17, well, so yeah, it was I much mean, you more saw how firm it was this last yeah, weekend. It was yeah, the same. Yeah. So statistically, I'd like to look at um, the scoring averages on on those three hole stretches and see kind of what the tour did. We'll have to check on that. But yeah, it's tough. Yeah, 16 is probably one of my favorite holes. I've never played the course, but I just always think about the players that Ricky won and that eagle he made at 16. I mean, that had to. I think he hit five wood. That has to be one of the best shots I've ever seen anybody hit. I mean, it was just insane the balls that it took to hit the ball on that line, and then it just landed so softly to kick an eagle was just nuts, you know? So, but I agree with you. I think like the fact that sawgrass 17 is just so big in itself, um, puts that much added pressure on everybody. And you see people fold under that pressure. Whereas the bear trap, it's just those three holes. I don't think one hole stands out, right? You just think of the bear trap as one. So, but I've, I've played it. I've been there. I know it's super tough, but let's move on to the next one. So, um, DJ uh, decides to skip the upcoming Olympics um, and just focus on the PGA Tour. What's your take on this decision from world number one? Do you, do you buy and feel like it's a good play by him or do you sell and think that it's something he should have partook in? Is he missing any tour events because of this? No, they have some schedule. time off. They have some time off during this, this period. Um, so no. well, then I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell. I mean, I, I think that he should be there. I think he should be, I mean, you look at DJ and he, he's just a spitting image of, of the American dream. I mean, so yeah. I think, uh, it, it would be really good to see him out there representing our country. Um, especially be, not only because, you know, I, I understand he wants to focus on the tour. He wants to focus on his game. He's, he's currently world number one, correct? Yep. And, 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 and I, and I understand that, that, that the pressure that, that, uh, might hold, but I think, uh, you know, representing your country is one of the highest honors you could ever have. And uh, especially being the uh, reigning Masters champion, I think that that would be really awesome to see 
you know, the, that guy out there. But, um, yeah, I, I, I quite simply put, I'm going to have to sell. He should be there. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to sell, too. I think, it's, I think it's bullshit. I think that one thing that Americans, you know, in the professional golf realm do a poor job of is just representing the country and team sports and stuff. Like, it just – it's kind of embarrassing, to, to be honest with you. And I've talked to some of the European tour players – um, about this and you know even last season on the podcast we talked to John Rahm about the Ryder Cup and it's just funny to see the chemistry that the European team has versus what the United States team has and you even saw it at the President's Cup this last time around you had an American team that has far more talent than the international team but the international team just had so much more camaraderie I felt um, and these are people from all different countries and right they almost beat us. I mean, we had to freaking play out of our ass the last day to make it happen. And so um, I just, you know, we've got so many great players and great personalities on the American side. It's tough to see us struggle so much in Ryder Cups. And and I think we'll probably struggle moving forward in these President's Cups. And so with the Olympics on the line, I don't think we sent our best uh, down there last time. And it doesn't sound like we're going to be sending our best, uh, you know, this time around either. And it's just disappointing, right? Because you want to see – you know, people represent our country well. You want to see us take home the gold. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see who who takes the the step there, and hopefully we have somebody who reps us well and, and, and plays good. Yeah, definitely. All right, so last piece here. Uh, our boy Nick Faldo, okay? Uh, man, this was like the week before last, but I wanted to bring it up because Ricky addressed it this week on a presser mm-hmm. at, at the Honda but buy or sell Faldo's comments uh, kind of jabbing Ricky on doing too many commercials and not focusing on his golf game. I, I mean, I got to sell. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that Nick Faldo meant it super personally. Um, it is quite obvious that Ricky Fowler is popular and, and he is popular for a reason. He's a fantastic golfer. He's a great personality and he does a lot for the youth of our game. Um, I mean, Faldo's comments, like I said, weren't, weren't personal, but I, I think they were a little distasteful if that's a, if that's a word, I'm gonna have to get out Webster's, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, when you saw Ricky's presser, you could tell that it, it, it that, 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 story's been kind of lingering for a little bit too long. The fact that Ricky just did a press conference on that and somebody asked him that this recently and that tweet was sent out or whatever, two weeks ago. I mean, and to see that still kind of looming in the air, I mean, it made Ricky uncomfortable. It was kind of hard to watch him address that. I'm not going to lie. The first 10, 15 seconds of that interview or that, that that question being answered was kind of rough, but I think he, he, uh, he hit on it well. I mean, but Ricky, Ricky's just in a, in a, in a bad spot. Um, but I, I think that maybe, maybe this will light a fire under his ass to kind of, kind of get going and get pushing. But I think it, it's not going to be too long before we see Ricky in the winner's circle again. I, I have no doubt. I mean, we, we've seen some of the best in the world go through similar, similar situations, but we hold this kind of cloud over his head that he is one of the most popular players that hasn't won a major yet. And and I don't think that's quite fair. I mean, it, it's tough to get out there and win a major. I mean, there's plenty of guys out there that are fantastic that haven't, but just the fact that Ricky's a little has a little bit more crowd appeal, we're holding him to a different standard. I don't think that's quite fair. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell too. I mean, I, I think that it was very distasteful. Um, I get it. Like you're gonna poke, you're gonna have a jab here and there, and it's obviously it's obvious Ricky's on a lot of commercials. He's in more commercials than 
any other tour player. He's kind of like the Peyton Manning, right? When NFL, he was in so many commercials. And even you had Tom Brady jab at Peyton Manning um, for being in a lot of commercials when he was playing in the league. And even now after, but listen, we both know, I mean, you were, we just talked about you being in a commercial. I mean, how long were you on set with those guys? It was just one day, right? Yeah, it was, it was pretty much a full, a full day of shooting for just a, a small little okay. spot. And we did yeah, some extra so stuff, but yeah, it's it, a full it's day. And you know what? They probably were a little bit more like, not as like militant with you, like whereas Ricky might have a tighter schedule. So he needs to get in and out, but you think for one second, like that day that Ricky went and shot that commercial with you, he probably didn't go practice that day. I mean, of course right. he probably did. You know what I mean? It's like, so it's just, it's, it's funny to see that. I mean, the guy's obviously practicing. He's obviously grinding just because he spends half a day sh- uh, sh- uh, shooting commercial, making some money, building a personal brand instead of sitting at home on the couch, eating potato chips or something in his own privacy, which probably most of these other tour players are doing, you know, people give him shit for it. You know, and that's, yeah. it sucks to see that. And even like you posted something this week, rocking a new Puma outfit. And a lot of people were mistaking that picture for Ricky. I don't know if you saw some of those comments. Um, and like Ricky posted something in the same outfit and all the comments are just, you know, ripping him about being an influencer now and all this stuff. And it's just, it sucks to see, cause the guy's done a tremendous amount for the game and who gives a shit. If you, if I'll tell you right now, I've, be, I've made enough friends with tour players and then talking to different managers and agents, every player would die to have the deals that Ricky has. 100%. They just can't, yeah, they can't find a deal or two to make even a couple hundred thousand dollars, let alone making tens of millions of dollars like Ricky's making. So hats yeah. off to that guy. Just keep grinding, dude. You will find the winner's circle again. So with that, we'll move to our out-of-bounds segment. Four! And we're going to continue talking about Ricky Fowler. So you know, Ricky here is on the verge of missing his first Masters since, I believe, 2010. Doing too many uh, fucking got, commercials. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so many commercials, man. I mean, come on, dude. But, I mean, here's the deal. He's got two more events, I believe, to play uh, to earn a spot in this year's Masters. So he's got uh, the Dell Match Play Championship uh, this coming weekend, which actually I don't even know if he's in it. Um, I don't know if he's qualified to be in that. I have to confirm real quick while we're talking, but – and then the week after that is the Valero um, in Texas. So he's got to win an event to, to get in. So obviously the, it's a long shot for him to be able to do that. Can he? Absolutely. You got Matt Jones coming out and winning this week. Uh, hasn't won in seven years. Uh, Ricky won just a couple of years ago at Waste Management. So um, can he come out and win? Absolutely. Um, he hasn't played that great as of late, obviously. He made the cut at a tough course this last weekend, but – I mean, obviously, what, what's your take? I mean, do you think he's got a fighting chance to, to pull out a miracle and get the victory? And I also want to ask, if he doesn't and he misses the chance to go to Augusta here this year, what does that do for Ricky? I mean, do you think that fires him up? Or do you think that's a big blow and he's going to go down the rabbit hole of fighting like Spieth did? Or, I mean, obviously not maybe as bad as what Smiley's gone through, but just does he go down this rabbit hole of – just continuing to, to play bad and try to find his identity. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the blow has already kind of happened. The reality of it is already set in for him, you know, to, to have two tournaments left and you got to win, you know, be, being realistic, he's probably got to know that he's not going to be playing in the Masters this year. Um, you know, I would have liked to have seen a better showing from him at the Honda. He did have a win there a couple of years ago, right, 2019, I believe, and then I think he was a runner-up. And uh, was it was he runner up last year? 
I think he, he won. In, or, yeah, he won in seventeen, and I think he was runner up right after that or, or something. Yeah, maybe was, nineteen. Back to back years. He, yeah. He, yeah, I mean, he, he, point is, he he's he's played well there, and um, to see him kind of struggle. I mean, yes, he made the cut, but we expect that from Ricky Fowler. Um, but to see him struggle and 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 you know, have he he has been struggling. It's been tough. Um, I, I don't think missing a Masters is, is the end of the world for Ricky Fowler whatsoever. I think that um, it kind of might be the medicine he may need um, going forward. I mean, you know, people miss, miss, miss tournaments. You know, it, it, it happens, whether it be because you're not playing well or because of personal reasons, yeah. health reasons, things like that. So missing a tournament in, in just retrospect is not that big of a deal. Um you know, would would I love to see him play in the Masters? Yes. Would Cobra Puma love to see him play in the Masters? Absolutely. Does it hurt them a little bit that he's not there? Definitely. And, you know, it's tough, but, you know, you, you the guy needs support, and, and I don't think that anybody that gives a damn about him is going to look at this as a bad thing. I think they're just going to look at it as, you know, uh, an opportunity for him to grow and, and improve. I mean, he's still a very young guy. I mean, Matt Jones is 40 years old, and he just won the Honda Classic. Yeah. Um, you know, Ricky's sitting in his thirties and he's, and he's going to be fine. Um, so I, I think that, you know, obviously it would be so awesome to see him come out here and, and win a tournament for the masters kind of Cinderella story, just to get in and play it's, sure. it. That, that would be, that would be fantastic. And I think everyone would love that, but you know, uh, if we're being realistic, probably not going to happen, uh, just given the way he's striking the ball right now. And, um, the confidence isn't really there, but, um, I think that, Give him, give him a few months. Let him, let him work the kinks out, and he'll, he'll be right back in it. Yeah, it's just you know I tried to compare it to other things, and even got into other sports. And you think about it, you've got like a Tom Brady who's been in the Super Bowl so many years in his career, and there's years he misses the Super Bowl. I mean, there's years right. that he's missed the playoffs. And I, I think that you'd compare uh, a team in the NFL like missing the playoffs to missing the Masters because the Masters you got the four majors. <clears throat> and some of them you just kind of automatically get into if you've won before, or obviously if you've won in previous years or something like that, like you kind of get this automatic exemption. But um, so I kind of compare it to like, Hey, this is like Tom Brady, maybe missing the playoffs, you know, and obviously that's going to light a fuel under, under you and you're going to want to play better and practice harder and fix your game and be back for next year, you know, and hopefully that's the way he's looking at this. Um, it sounds like he's drowned out a lot of the noise. Uh, he's took the high road, this Nick Faldo comment. Um, you could tell he's not very engaged on social media. All he's doing really are his commitments to his brand partners. And I think that's part of like, that's where I think Ricky's missing it. I feel like he's not having fun anymore. Um, right. In a way, like Ricky was this guy who'd come out and was just like super colorful. I mean, I used to get made fun of all the time because I used before I worked with Cobra Puma Golf. I used to buy Cobra Puma Golf and buy the most eccentric outfits and look like an idiot out in the course because I was sitting there shooting 105, wearing an orange you know polo with like the plaid orange pants and just like I matched head to toe and I like because I just looked up to Ricky Fowler even though he's younger than me. I was like, dude, I love Ricky Fowler. He's making golf fun. Uh, he's bringing a new dynamic to the sport. And now you see him, he's grown up. Obviously, he's got his hair cut. He looks very clean on the course. Some of his outfits Married. have a little bit of noise. Married, yes. <laughs> um, but even before that, right, he kind of started settling down a little bit. And his social media was always fun, too, because you got to see a little bit of behind the scenes of Ricky Fowler. Like, 
even when he had girlfriends and stuff, like he'd always be like, you know, out on the, the, the lake or out on the ocean on the boat, like at a Red Bull event or just having fun with a bunch of people out on a motorcycle. Now you just, all you see are just ad, ad, you know, promoting this, promoting that. And listen, get, get your bread, do your thing. I'm proud of you. I, th- I think you should take advantage of that. But I think like he's not being himself. He's not having fun. Like he's just kind of, I don't know. I feel, feel like he's in this yeah. like, rut, right? And like yeah. winning cures all. But I think like for him to get back to the top of his game, I think he just has to just like let go and just get back to being Ricky Fowler and just have fun out there. And dude, it'll all come back. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't want it to be a situation where winning is what makes Ricky Fowler, Ricky Fowler. We want him to be himself. And obviously hopefully that can kind of help him gain the confidence on the golf course and, and uh, come out with some victories. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely been tough to watch. It has, it, it, it guts us because, like you said, you're a big Ricky Fowler fan. I always was myself. I was a motocross kid growing up and knowing that Ricky raced motocross and played golf. It was like, that's me. That's me on tour. And, you know, you, yeah. you kind of insert yourself within him. And I think that's what made him so popular. But that sounded sexual. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, listen, like if I've, I've met Ricky once. Um, I know you've met him a handful of times. To get to hang yeah, out I've gotten to him. hang out with him a bunch. Yeah, and like – it was cool. Like I've, you know, I've been hanging a lot, hanging out with like Mike Mason and uh, Colin Yost a lot. And Yosti grew up with, um, with Ricky um, from a young age. And, you know, they shared a story when they were down at the, at the Arnold Palmer, uh, the week of my tournament, they went and followed Ricky for a round. And then after the round, they just met up with Ricky and talked to him real quick and stuff. And Ricky was just super down to earth, really cool. It's first time he'd ever met Mike and they were talking about riding bikes and just, just super cool dude. And Mike like walked away. He's like, dude, that was the coolest dude ever. Like that's Ricky Fowler. Like he was just, you know, super cool. And like, I've never heard one bad thing ever talked about with Ricky. Like he's just like, yeah. the nicest dude, just down to earth, uh, very likable. So I wish him well. I hope, man, I hope that he can win, you know, leading into the masters because a lot of times that's just what happens, right? Someone, someone wins and they're hot and maybe they can make that back to back and maybe he can pull out, pull that out of his ass somehow win the big event, get in the door and then win the masters or something. Who knows? I mean, anything's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, before we jump off this topic, let me ask you this, like put yourself in Ricky Fowler's shoes, right? You, you're, you're making all of this money off of the golf course. You know, you're married, you're probably starting a family and your game's kind of not where it's at, but you do have all these expectations. I mean, where, where do you think success would live for you in your mind? You know, is it, is it providing for your family? Is it making that money um, outside of the golf course because that's, that's what's working or, or do you, do you push to be great again? I mean, I think that's a decision that he's kind of got to make for himself right now. You know, I, I think it's tough. I think he's tasted enough of like seeing, you know, he's won some big events. I mean, his win at the players was amazing. He's had the top five finishes in all the majors that one year and in 2014, I believe, a um, couple runner-ups. And then, you know, his, one of his best friends, Jordan Spieth, another one of his best friends, Justin Thomas, has been at an elite level. You know, Jordan's getting back there. So he's seen that. And, I mean, he's right there. He's close to Tiger and all these guys. And he's had his runs of greatness himself, you know, just not in the major championships where he's come over the top and won. But I don't know, man. I think for a guy like him, he's just grown up in that competitive nature his whole life. I think that he, 
I think he personally feels that he's got to win a major or two to cement himself somewhere in the golf space. Cause I mean, Ricky's bigger than the game of golf though. I mean, he's developed a brand and that brand influenced me to get more into golf and to dress the way I did and act the way I do on the course and all that. Um, and that's, I'm, that's someone that's older than Ricky. So, I mean, most of that's going to be someone who's younger than Ricky and there's a lot of kids looking up to him. Um, and I think you see him doing a lot of charitable stuff at a lot of the events he's doing outside of the tournaments, a lot of stuff that we don't even know or hear about. And um, I think that's obviously probably way more important to him that he can leave that lasting in, uh, impact. Cause I know Ricky's a huge Arnold Palmer guy and AP had his hands on so many things in the world. He's a big Jack Nicholas guy. I mean, him and JT went and supported Jack and Barbara at their event, like right after the players, um, they were both there and, you know, so I, great guy. I think that, you know, for him, I think it touches on a lot of things, but I think that he personally deep down just has to win that one major. And I, I think he will. I mean, he's super young. He's got the game and, you know, you see these guys that come out, these, you know, that are in their mid forties that come out of nowhere and win their first major, you know, or they're right there at the top of the leaderboard. And, you know, Ricky hasn't really had any injuries or anything like that. So if he keeps himself healthy. He'll be there. I mean, he'll get it. He's got to be patient. Yeah, I look at him kind of as like a, a Sergio, you know. He, he's a guy that's bigger than golf, great personality, great for the game, and is always right there. But, you know, Sergio, he stuck in there and got himself that uh, that Masters W. So, I mean, it would be great to see Ricky in a, in a green jacket one day. I think that would yeah. be awesome. Well, before we jump off, so we got the Dell match play coming up in Austin. I wanted to get your take. I love match play. This is probably one of my favorite events of the year. Um, I'm not going to be able to make it down, even though I'm only a couple hours away. I've just got some stuff going on this week, but I want to get your take on the tournament and just see if you have a prediction of you think who will come out on top down in Austin. I mean, world number one DJ coming into this, uh, he, he's skipping out on the Olympics. So he better put a, put a, put a lot of uh, pressure on himself <laughs> to do well in the uh, world uh, WGC here and, and try to come out on top match play is fun. It's always, it's always fun seeing guys go head to head. I think that it brings in an interesting dynamic to the, to the game of golf. And it's kind of, you know, I, I think it brings a lot of, how do I want to say this? I, I, I play match play all the time you know, at my club, you know, Steele Lafferty and I are teeing up and match play. And, um, you know, that one-on-one -on -one competitiveness, I think, is awesome rather than just kind of trying to go out there and have the little round over the field. So it'll be interesting to see. It's always fun to watch, but I'm liking, uh, I'm liking DJ going into this. Well, with the soft, safe pick here, uh, I'm going to go off out on a limb here, super hot take. And I think people are going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? But I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and say that Patrick Reed is going to win. Uh match play just guy who's always played really well in match play. Um that's where he kind of made himself in the Ryder Cups um you know over the last two or three Ryder Cups. I would say uh I'm I'm saying this for two reasons. One, he's a, obviously he's a phenomenal match play player. He's playing really well uh right now. Um but I also want him to just get a win right now and get it out of the way even though he just won at Torrey Pines. I just I think just get the win right now. So hopefully that just saves us that he doesn't win in Augusta. Cause I I'm really worried about him at Augusta this year. I just think he plays well there. He won there obviously a couple of years ago. He's playing well right now overall. I don't want to see him win another green jacket. I don't think many people do. Um, so get the win out of the way, play well in your match play. Good for you. Let's get it. Let's check it off the list and let's have somebody else win the green jacket. In Augusta. Any, uh, any underdog picks? 
No, I mean, I'd love to see like Xander or someone go out there and win. Um, I mean, so you got to root for like the Xanders and the Tonys of the world. I, I root for them every single week. I want to see them go out there and win. So sooner or later, we'll see it happen. So underdog, I got to go Daniel Berger. I like okay. Daniel Berger's an underdog pick. He's fierce. We've seen him in playoffs, and uh, yeah, that's my underdog pick. What if, what if he wins? You want to put a little wager on it right now? Yeah, it's a little hundred bucks. Let's do a little hundy on that. Hundred bucks on my underdog versus your underdog. So you're going Xander. Yeah, yeah, I'll and go I'll, Xander. Yeah. Okay, and I'll go Burger, and then uh, we'll we'll settle this in the next episode. Yeah, I, one thing I'll say about Daniel that I love is like when he won last year. Uh, He's talking about he's playing these old wedges or not old irons that he's had for yeah. years. And he like finds them up on eBay and buys them off of people and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, the guy's just a stud. So I True mean, underdog. good underdog pick. We'll see what, see what happens. So, but coach, as always have fun. Um, looking forward to the next episode. If you haven't already subscribe, rate and review. Um, listen, we're already number one in Russia. So we appreciate all of you guys, but we really like to be number one in the United States of America. So the way that can happen is by you guys subscribing, rating, and reviewing. So we love you and we appreciate you. Thank you guys. As always, we are signing off. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Russia. And thank you, America.